reading from Psalm 139, 1-14 today. Oh Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up. You discern my thoughts from far away. You search out my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. Even before a word is on my tongue, O Lord, you know it completely. You hem in me behind and before and lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is so high that I cannot attain it. Where can I go from your spirit or where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol, you are there. If I take wings of the morning and settle at the farthest limits of the sea, even there you are and shall lead me, and your right hand shall hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me and the night wraps itself around me, even the darkness is not dark to you. The night is as bright as the day, for the darkness is as light to you. For it was you who formed my inward parts, you knit me together in my parents' womb. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works that I know very well. Uh, the word of God for the people. Good morning. Good morning. Happy New Year. Everyone, my name is Juan Pablo. I'm the site pastor here at uh, Urban Village in Wicker Park. So glad you're with us today. Um, today, I'm going to talk a little bit more about God moments, just because they've been happening to me in so many so many ways that have been um, um, just life giving, especially in a, a times where I feel down. But um, our sermon series this month. Uh, couple of weeks ago, maybe a month and a half ago, we asked uh, people to give us suggestions on topics that they would like to hear about. And uh, Dante was one of the first ones to submit a request for a sermon. Um, there's a picture here. I'm going to, I uh, kind of photoshopped in my own little way. Uh, growing up, I loved this cartoon called Voltron. It was like five lions and each of them had a pilot, and they would save the universe. They would come together and form this big robot named Voltron that would that would defend and would fight against evil. And every time I look at these three people here, these three guys, uh, they have changed my life. In a short year that they've been here, uh, every time that uh, they do something, they absolutely amaze me. Uh, they they were um, the holy family. <laughs> at an action we did and and um they played drums we heard rain singing last week for the first time which was um surprising in a great way um how someone can harmonize with the song they just heard is genius um so i'm really grateful for um uh, for them i'm grateful for so many of you um as i look at at our congregation at, at our family here um, we are so unique and so diverse, and each of us has a story that is so important. And so I am going to get right into um, our topic today just because um, I think this is a way that could lead how we live our lives this year, either with resolutions that we've made or um, 
uh, or thoughts that we might have about ourselves or about others. Um, and so I'm talking about this beautiful message that the Bible really shares. Um, and I think I've talk, talked about this a few times before. For me, it's not a story of us being torn away from God because of the mistakes that we made. Instead, I think it's about a God who's so committed to us, so eager to be part of our lives that that he just joined us in our human journey. A God that switched us all the way, the journey about living life to the fullest, to the way that we were always meant to be. Um, and so it's not really about being a part, but instead being a part of something that is amazing, something that is great, something that is huge and big. See, there was a time where I think we got a little bit lost when it comes to how we think about God and how we think about ourselves in relationship to God. Um, and we focused on this idea of being born kind of off, being born broken, being born sinful. And I've talked about it before. If you go to my starting point, um, I kind of do talk about that plug. The next one is February 3rd at my house. Sign up uh, for that. Uh, but when we walk down this road, and we've been walking on this road for thousands of years, where we see ourselves as sinful first, but what if we hit the brakes on that? What if we take a moment and change direction in the way that we think about this. Um, and this sermon series is kind of taking us in this new direction of thinking of original blessing. We're going to talk about it a little bit more over the next week. It's about knowing that um, in God's heart, from the get-go, from the moment of creation, we've been seen as good and loved from the very start. It's not sin that's at our core. It's blessing that's at the core of it all. And it's been true since the very beginning of creation, even before Genesis 3 and the story of an apple and being eaten and a certain bin, all of that before that was blessing. And when we begin to um, think about uh, this huge gap between us and God that we've been told about and the, the thing that I think Matthew alluded to um, is a church that is kind of queer, right? A place that is kind of different, um, where LGBTQ people are seen as created in the image of God. And you know that when you walk in that path, and for me and my family, that was, I could have been forgiven of anything except that. Imagine being told that by your family members that God will forgive anything except that, that cannot change. And it creates this gap between us and God, where just crossing a bridge isn't enough. We can't bring that baggage along on that bridge. But here's what I think. Our faith is all about God becoming one of us. So why would we want to leave our humanity behind, the way we were created behind? It's not about crossing over to God. It's about walking life's path alongside God. 
alongside the journey that God has for each one of us. And sociologists, and I've said this to uh, my son, my son, when he was younger, he was bullied a lot, um, so much so that um, we, I would have to get called to the school all the time. And my son, Nathan, is peculiar, came up a lot like me, um, just really um, says things sometimes that you're like, whoa, that's not appropriate, <laughs> just like me. And he was bullied because of how creative he was and just how just a loving kid, um, kind of innocent. Um, but he was bullied a lot. Um, and when he was 12, that bullying just became too much for him. And, and um, I got a call from, from the school that Nathan had tried to take his life in the bathroom. And um, it, that was just a really hard call to get that one of your kids has thought of themselves so much in such a negative way because of what people have labeled them that they found no other recourse but that. And labeling people is dangerous. Why is it that? Because we have a way of becoming what society tries to label us. Sometimes what our parents try to label us. There's a, a Spanish saying that says, mientras más, viejo más tonto that my mom kind of used to say to me um, uh, you, uh, you get dumber the older you get and every time I made a mistake it would stick in my head I'm like I'm getting older I'm just getting dumber I would live into that thing that was labeled um, by me um, my mom's awesome she also said a lot of great <laughs> to me. she was always like you're awesome <laughs> um but sometimes it becomes this self-fulfilling prophecy in our lives. The idea behind labeling, this theory of labeling, is that deviance and um, conformity come more from how a person um, responds to how others think about them than it does from what we actually are, that we're great, that we're awesome, that we're um, created beautifully. And so when a kid gets labeled a troublemaker, sometimes that's what they become, a troublemaker. And over time, they become um, to believe that themselves. And most people don't want to admit it, but oftentimes we see ourselves, and the way we see ourselves, the way that we think that other people see us becomes so, so important in our lives. And then we start acting out based on what other people's false perceptions of us are. But as followers of Christ, as followers of Jesus, we know that labeling is um, counterproductive, and we know that it's dangerous. And, and that's because labels attack this um, image, the Imago Dei. It's a word we learn in seminary, I think week one, Imago Dei, um, that it's in all of us. That we're not what people say we are. We are who God says we are. And God says that we're created in the image of the divine. And Genesis records this in, in the words that says, Then God said, Let us make human in our image. And in our image, he created them. God created us in God's image. And that 
we sometimes don't believe. That's found in Genesis 1, if you want to read it. Amago Dei, then, is this Latin term um, that, um, that or, that's found in the Bible, bi- biblical phrase that means image of God. And what does it mean, then, to say that we're created in God's image? It means that while we were not God, we are copies of, of God, kind of um, duplicates of God. It means that there's something in us that is an expression of how, who God is. God's image. God is not created in our image. We are in God's. The Imago Dei, then, is best seen in the way we live our life, in our personhood. In other words, it, it, it's in our moral, in our spiritual, our intellectual essence. We reflect God in all those ways. And Mago Dei then means that we're an expression of who God is and what God is like. But what happens when we begin to label ourselves? I think that's more damaging than when we hear other people label us unforgivable. So to be created then in the image of God fundamentally, I think for me, it means that we're um, created by God to be known by God. We're created by God to know God. We were created to live in relationship to God. And because all of creation reflects the elements and the characters of God, then we were created to live in relationship with all of God's creation as well. And we'll continue that because it's not just each other. It's the way that we see all of creation, the environment, animals, plants, everything that God created. It includes other people, but it includes so much more because everyone Absolutely, each one of you were created in the Imago Dei, and all life is valuable, and no person can be tossed away and discarded as worthless or as condemned or as unlovable or beyond redemption. It changes the way we look at each other. It should change the way we look at ourselves. Because being made in God's image is deep. It's about our character. It's about our spirit. It's about being in tune with God and with all of creation, including you, including you, including you, including me. Um, That again, that no one is beyond the reach of redemption. And so then what is then church? Why do we come to church? What is true religion all about in this mindset of seeing each other and ourselves in the image of God? then good religion or true religion to me, um, the good stuff, the reason why we come together should help us discover who we really are, our real selves, how we're woven into this story together, into this God story. Every part of our faith is meant to bring us closer to what that truth is, to live that life of justice and generosity that flow from this sacred Um, place in our lives. The most incredible thing God has ever given us is a blessing. And that's where it all starts. Because without it, there's no grace, there's no mercy, there's no love that holds fast 
our story then with God didn't begin with a big bang. It began began with a blessing and that we need to keep telling this to ourselves and to each other. And there's a book that I was reading. There's two books. Both of them are called Original Blessing, but this Original Blessing by uh, Danielle Stroyer, I think is how you pronounce it. Um, She talks about how this blessing isn't just about our starting point, but it's also about our destination, where we're going. Um, it's it's what keeps us steady. It's what gives us purpose. And so how do we live into this blessing? We practice that every day. And so I say that we practice faith. We're not gonna we don't get it perfect every time, but we practice, we 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 practice it every day. We're taking the pressure off, knowing that it's okay to stumble because we're aiming not for perfection, because sometimes thinking we're walking towards perfection, even though that is one of our teachings uh, at starting point, January, February 3rd. We'll talk about that a little bit, walking towards perfection. But we're aiming really is for growth. We're, we're, we're aiming for love. We're aiming for justice. That's what our journey is about. We're aiming for peace. We're aiming to live every, every day that reflects who God is in our lives, but who God is in the lives of the people that are in our path. So for us, being a disciple then means that we're apprentices. We're apprentices in God's way. Um, It's about building a life that um, resonates with God's rhythm. And even when we slip into old patterns, we're learning. Even when we make those mistakes we're growing and we keep going and um, so we get to this bible verse that talks about fearfully and wonderfully made some of us might love to write that on cards we might have a little plaque of it in our house it's something beautiful that we say to each other Uh, we often say it to our kids um, in different ways you are fearfully and wonderfully made we whisper it in wonder, maybe to ourselves. We say it um, to others, and we think about it, um, even when people are. What does this term actually mean? Well, for me, um, it's this word fearfully. The line that's like a shout from God, telling us that we're not just random that things didn't just happen, that we're not just like a piece of stardust somewhere. Because before we were even a twinkle in our parents' eyes, God was creating us in her mind, planning this grand entrance into the world just at the right moment, just at the right time, right place, right purpose. It's like he's got um, a divine blueprint And we're all unique pieces of it in our own kind of awesomeness. So in Psalm 139, this powerful phrase that we hear um, in the 14th verse, verse, um, a psalm written by by Paul, um, well-loved psalm that some of us have memorized. I tested someone this morning, and they actually knew it. I was surprised but not really. 
here David has complete confidence, com- complete confidence that in God's constant presence, God's constant involvement in his life and, and the personal knowledge that David had of this. So what does it mean that we're fearfully made? Fearfully, to me, it indicates that creating life is um, reverent. It's holy. It's a, a process that is like none other. Um, the word, if I could pronounce it correctly, in Hebrew is yareh. Um, yareh is translated fearfully, but not in the being scared kind of fearful. Um, but instead, it's, it's about being in the presence of what is sacred. This type of fear, if we're going to call it, it's a sense of awe. It's a sense of astonishment um, that overcomes us in this great and magnificent way. Um, it's like for me, when um, I go to Puerto Rico, every, I try to go every year. The reason I go is to stand. My parents live on the top of a mountain and they're like only two houses, my uncle and their house and my aunt. We don't talk to her. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we're three houses and all you see around us is mountains and there's no other except at night you might see some lights coming from from the city but in a life I love living in the city but taking that break for a week or two every summer is amazing just being in the quiet and hearing nature cookie 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 all night long, it just does something to me. I, I, it's like so awesome. And I'm I'm struck by creation and struck by the grandeur of God. And when the sun rises, um, or sometimes we get them when we hold a newborn in our arms and we think about the beauty and what it, what it takes to make this baby in nine months, how that happened. It's a mysterious awesomeness. Um, it's like how God calls individuals into being. It's like a conveyor belt in this like great soul factory that God has one after another, each awesome, each individual, each so different, each of us crafted by God in God's image, but also designed to be who we are, to fulfill what God has planned for each one of us. And I think that's awesome. Jeremiah also says this, um, and he knew exactly when he see that new God knew us before we were even formed in a womb. It's not just poetry. It's not just nice words to say. It's a real thing. It's the real deal. We were knit together with more care than, than I think the most beautiful and my aunt made this, by the way. Um, is this called stitching? What's this called? Whatever it's called. She took time to make this, to give it to me. That's, to me, the, the care that God put in each one of us as we were created. That is not about just our bodies, which in itself are amazing when you think about it. It's also our minds. It's our spirits. It's everything that makes us us. We're walking, we're talking signs of just God's genius. And so how do we live like we're um, 
and wonderfully made. It's really simple. We respect that sacred spark in ourselves and we respect that sacred spark in everyone else. Um, today, I took an Uber to church and um, I'll show you a picture. This was what I saw the seat in front of me. It said, be fearless like a diaperless toddler in the run, on the run. I don't know what that meant. A diaperless toddler on the run. And uh, says, you got this. Self-love is the best. You are special on the other side. And had other messages. She also had this little remote control so you could turn it into like a, a party Uber and turn on the lights. This person was awesome. And I said, can I take a picture of this? I said, you actually, I'm about to preach about this. And we had a long conversation all the way here. God moments to show me that here's someone that's a stranger, but that God is speaking into their life. Someone that is um, learned this year how to live. She's, she was like, I'm learning to do things differently. She wants to get into yoga. Uh, she wants to um, help other people in her community. When she gets back, she lives on the west side. Fearfully made. Wonderfully made. Walking like that. Walking like you have no diaper on. Free. I guess I see it. Free. Oh, I get it now. <laughs> oh, let's all walk like that. <laughs> like no care in the world. That even when we can't see eye to eye with someone, that we should look for God's image in that person. It's like a secret signature on each one of you. Reminding you, reminding us, it reminds me that we're a piece of divine art. That we come together and we're like Voltron. Nothing can stop us on our search for peace and our search for justice and to give and send out love into the world because we know who we are. That nothing can change our mind. What would happen if 2024, we start walking in that direction, all of us. Meaning that no one will be left behind. That no one will be, feel like they were unloved. That our knees are acting right, but hey, we're going to keep going. I'm wonderfully and fearfully made. Walk with no diaper. This and a bumper sticker that. And just like that, just when you feel like you're another face in the crowd, another face on the sea, Psalm 139 comes to mind. It's like God says to us, I see you. There's not place too far. There's no hole so deep that God can't reach in and say, I got you. We got to celebrate our differences. Not just tolerate them, celebrate them. And we got to think of humanity as God's gallery. All of us, each of us, different, um, a different painting, a different piece of art, showing a different aspect of God's creativity. 
You're beautiful. All the colors that I see, all the shapes, beautiful, created in God's image, each one of you, the Imago Day, And we're all here to play our part in his grand design. So let's keep Psalm 139 close to our heart. Let it take root. Let it grow um, into a beautiful reminder that you, all of you, my friends, are a work of divine art. You're not just some random pit passerby to God. You're a masterpiece, fearfully and wonderfully made. And that's the truth. That can change everything. Amen? Thank you. Um, 